My friends, and welcome to the very first uh, official episode of the Roadie Roundtable uh, podcast presented by Lakeside Players. This is our first official episode. Uh, my name is Norgi. And I'm Alex. And uh, thank you for joining us through the wonders of technology. Alex is joining us via phone. Um, he is under the weather, and uh, in an attempt to not get everybody sick, he decided to uh, to join us via phone. So we appreciate that, Alex. Um, our of guests. Course. Our guest today. Oh, by the way, Alex, how are you feeling? Um, I'm all right. I think most of it happened over the weekend. Today is just kind of the tail end. Unfortunately, it's the first day that uh, I got the positive result. So, mm. well, um, speedy recovery, my friend. And thank, thank you for you, not getting you. us all sick yet. Of course. Um, I mean, that remains to be seen. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, so this is our very first episode um, officially. I mean, we had our pilot episode, and thank you to everyone out there who has listened, who has sent in messages, um, who has, uh, who have um, given us a lot of great feedback. We really do appreciate everyone's um, excitement and, and, and positivity and strong encouragement. Um, Alex, anything that uh, you've been hearing? Um, so far, it's been a resoundingly positive reaction. Everybody has said it's been excellent. They're very excited to see what comes next and what else we explore with this podcast. So that definitely upped my excitement for it. I mean, I was already excited. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. But now I'm even more excited to know that the people that we want listening are equally as excited as we are. Well, speaking of excitement, we uh, Alex and I are very excited today because for our very first episode, we are joined by two gentlemen who um, are going to be producing the K-Town Burlesque here at the uh, Rody Center for the Arts. So please uh, welcome uh, Scott Holloway and Eric Houghton. Thanks for joining Hello, us. Hello. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for Thank uh, you. inviting us on. And uh, full disclosure, Eric is also joining us through phone because I don't think he was expecting to necessarily be uh, part of the chat today, but we appreciate his willingness to uh, to join us today. And apparently the police are looking for him. You probably hear those sirens in the background. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you guys yeah. heard it on the... <laughs> uh, Scott and I just looked sort of forward like, uh-oh. Um, but thank you for joining us, Scott and Eric. Um <coughs> Scott, you are um, very involved here at uh, Lakeside Players and the Roadie. Um, you are obviously a member of the board of directors here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your history and experience here with Lakeside Players? I've been uh, playing here at the Roadie for probably nearly 10 years now. Um, uh, held a board seat uh, once before, and uh, this most recent appointment basically to the Treasury position um happened out of necessity um uh, i've been doing uh some directing of shows and certainly acting in shows um i'm the go-to guy for hey why isn't the boiler working or you know what's all this water doing in the basement or (laughs) could you go up on the roof and see why it leaks (laughs) jack of all trades well you hang around here enough and people share what they know and uh, you kind of accumulate the knowledge of how this place functions. Whether you want to or not. Well, having that knowledge ends up putting the responsibility in your lap, too. So, um. Um, I was curious because um, outside of meeting you when I first started getting involved here last year um, and meeting Alex, when was the last time you were on stage in a show? Gosh, yeah, that's been a while. Um I guess the last time I was really involved in a show I was directing, I can't even remember which one was the last one, um, uh, Love, Loss, and What I Wore was a, a great show with a bunch of ladies um, that I'm quite fond of. It was so much fun to direct them in that show. Uh, I've done Murder Mysteries of the 40s. I don't know. Can you help me with the name of that one, Eric? <laughs> 
Um, uh, I think it was um, Murder Mystery, or uh, I don't know, some uh, mur- musical murder mysteries of the 1940s. Yeah, musical uh, comedy murders. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah. We were both in that. Yeah. It's a great show. It was a lot of fun. It's a great. Show. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I believe they just did that one in Antioch. Um, Eric, you, oh, yeah? I didn't know that you were also uh, uh, a fellow thespian. Tell us about, have you done any shows here at the Roadie outside of um, Musical Comedy Murders? Oh, sure. Um, I directed uh, Rumors. I directed uh, Sin, Sex, and the CIA. Uh, one of the uh, Haunted Roadie um, play, uh, not plays, but uh, events that we had had in Halloween. I directed that. Um, I was in quite a few plays, Antigone, uh, the, uh, murder comedy murders, <laughs> the musical comedy murders. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what else I did. And then, uh, self-produced a lot of stuff there. And, uh, I painted a hell of a lot of sets. Yeah. Um, hey, for a long time, I was the go-to guy. Yeah. yeah you and, uh, <laughs> well, when I, since I moved up to Milwaukee, I, uh, I haven't really been able to do as much, but you and Alex have a lot in common because Alex has painted a hell of a lot of sets in the the year and a half that he's been doing stuff here. Yeah. Um. So, well, someone was going to pop in here. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask. Did you paint? Were you painting the set, Alex, uh, for Avenue Q? Uh, yep, I will be painting that. Um... We're going to be doing some fun license plates and street signs on the front of the stage. And then once we have the apartment complex facade put up, uh, I will be given the task of stamping 10,000 bricks on it. (laughs) Yeah, I did that the last time. I did that last time. So yours are the pictures I've been looking at. (laughs) Mine are the pictures you've been looking at. That's right. I did it with a brush, though. (laughs) Oh, nice. The bricks. Well, bless both of you because I I am not I am not uh artistically inclined and I've thankfully Alex was around to help with um the scenic design for when I directed Charlie Brown because as simple as the set was, I don't think I could have um done it without him and to be honest with you, I probably would have just left a plain white wall if if he had not been around to get that stuff done. So Hats off I to never let that happen. Hats off to all the people out there and to the two of you for for sort of coming through in the clutch because uh, I don't think people realize how hard it is to um, to to scenically um, put your stamp on a on a set, especially if it's a large set or a very complicated set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scott and uh, Eric are both of you from the Kenosha area. I've been in Kenosha yeah. for about twenty years. Where'd you, where are you originally from, Scott? Uh, always Wisconsin, but uh, oh. I was a, a boy in Green Bay sure. and a young man in on the east side of Milwaukee. Um, moved to the Watertown, Oconomowoc area for a while while my kids were, were young. And uh, then we moved to Kenosha when they started school. So it's, uh, they're 25 and 26 now, so it's it's about 20 years for me. How about you, Eric? Yeah, I grew up there. Went to uh, graduated Tremper. Went to Parkside for a while. Left for about a decade and came back again and raised a family. Mm-hmm. And now you said you're in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Well, with Tosa to be exact. Yeah, you guys got uh, you? you guys got dumped on up there, didn't you, with the snow uh, recently? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're still are just you, buried. Uh, are you still involved in theater stuff up there? I, uh, no, I really don't do a lot up here, although I've been meaning to, but, uh, Keaton Burlesque has kind of become our, our big show of the year. Uh, my other job kind of takes me away from being able to do a lot of theater. So, but they give me an opportunity every year around this time to, uh, step away and focus on the burlesque show. Well, apropos, because uh, that's really what we're here to discuss today. Let's talk about the K-Town Burlesque. And uh, Scott and, and Eric, obviously, um, maybe you can both tell us about what your involvement is with the burlesque show and sort of how all of it sort of came about and how long you've been um, 
how the burlesque show started altogether because it's been here for quite some time, correct? Yeah, this is number nine for us. Um, and the first time we've tried two weekends in a row um, because it's gained in such popularity, we we thought, uh, let's open it up a little bit more because mm-hmm. we, we're getting close to selling out shows almost every year. Um, and so adding a second weekend made a lot of sense. It, um, it started way back uh, when I first got involved in the theater. Um, it, was, it was all pretty innocent. I was actually dropping off my girlfriend at the time uh, to do a rehearsal, and the director met her at the door and said, Is that your boyfriend? Somebody just dropped out of the show. Tell him to come inside. Hmm. And uh, that was Annie the Musical. And so I ended up with um, Bert Healy singing his part and uh, a couple of other small bits in that show. And um, then I got involved in a couple of uh, straight plays on the other side in Skinner Theater. Um, My first time was actually my first honest play. And just getting to know the place over the first couple of years, I realized what a struggle it was to, to put shows on because there's a lot of expense involved and... You know, if you don't uh, sell enough tickets, uh, you start really scrambling to keep the building alive. Sure. And so I just talked to a bunch of people that I met here and said, I think we've got a lot of talent. There's no reason we can't put something on that doesn't cost money up front in rights or renting scripts or, you know, co- even costumes. We can make our own costumes. Let's Let's do something original. Sure to try to drum up some excitement and, you know, just earn money for the building without having to put a lot out up front. And so I called a meeting of some of the friends I'd made here, Eric included, um, and uh, Kim Emer. She's another of the major producers. And we just spitballed some ideas, and then there was a little bit of quiet, and Eric said, how about a burlesque show? And I said... Yes, and that's kind of where it now, started. The funny thing is, before any, before any of this happened, before Scott and I were actually really even friends, do you remember this, Scott? Now we were down at the at the Harbor Market under a tree, you and I, and we were talking about how <laughs> like the roadie needs to do a show, just like a grown up nights out type of thing. Yeah, and we were pretty much talking about the burlesque show. And we were like, yeah, maybe we ought to, like, you and I get together and collaborate on something like that sometime. But um, probably a good year or two went by before Scott called this little meeting. Yeah. but um, So I I just learned something new because I thought that the burlesque show was always something that maybe um, was happening here for a long time and sort of just evolved into the lakeside players taking it over i had no idea that it was born out of people who were involved here who said hey we should do something that adults can can hang out and come and uh enjoy and also that it's an original thing and and adult and a little edgy and attract people who like to visit the concession stand for more drinks sure (laughs) (laughs) lakeside originally didn't want to have their stamp on it very much they they gave us permission to use the place um, I didn't think, I don't think that the the council at the time thought it would even very, do very well. And But they didn't really want it to be, they wanted it to be us at the roadie, not Lakeside Players, because they were afraid maybe the material would be too adult, it could hurt some of their reputation. But um, at this point, like, people do associate the show with, with the theater, it is definitely considered a positive, and... And uh, we don't run into any pushback anymore because it's a good event, you know? Well, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, and and fair enough. I mean, I suppose if I were running a theater, I might be afraid to say, hey, um, yeah, let's put our name all over this burlesque thing. (laughs) Can you tell tell the, the listeners about exactly what a burlesque is or what this burlesque is and how... Um, ultimately it became sort of a um, associated with the roadie and sort of part of the fabric of what this theater does. Yeah, the the, the roadie opera house way back uh, in the early 1900s 
was a vaudeville style variety entertainment house. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly there were concerts and certainly there was even opera, but uh, most often they were just doing variety show, bringing acts in from that were traveling through or whatever. And so the history here at the roadie um, did include that style entertainment. And it's, it's important to realize that when we say burlesque, certainly there are ladies dancing and it's a traditional burlesque show, but the rest of the entertainment is, uh, is certainly wholesome and, and, uh, entertaining. It's just, it's, it's designed for adults. So we have, um, we have a magician, we have a comedian, we have performers that are dancing, but it's not burlesque. It's a different kind of dancing. Uh, this year we have a hula hoop artist. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, we, the pole cool. has come around too to be more of an acrobatic thing than what you might think of pole dancing being. Sure. Uh, so Riley. Our and lots and lots of music, lots and lots mm -hmm. of comedy. Yeah. Um, really comedy is the biggest part of the show, I think, you know, um, so burlesque isn't for, a, a dirty word. It's it's literally just a form of entertainment, but right. it's geared towards a little more edgy adult audience. Is that fair? Certainly, the humor yeah, the, goes there. The definition of burlesque, the definition of burlesque is is a variety show that includes um, burlesque dancers. Yes, striptease. But the style of striptease isn't like you would go and see at on the border or something like that. Um, right. These girls are really actually more hobbyists in a lot of ways. They work really hard on, on like tr traditional costumes. And uh, um, it's uh, really more of a, uh, it's actually kind of a feminist thing. Um, it's interesting. And uh, it's, uh, it, it, it has appeal for like um, a girl, women that are there, you know, uh, as for a girl's night out, couples. Um, it's a different appeal. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think is interesting, though, is that, uh, um, like many of our dancers, uh, would do a burlesque show up in Milwaukee, and it would just have the dancers and some canned music. And we have been providing this, like, legit, this, this, uh, like a real variety show, you know, where they're part of a show that includes a whole bunch of other acts. Yeah. And many, a lot, many of our dancers and a lot of our performers have told us this is the closest thing we've ever done to a real show, like the period that we're trying to emulate. So that's a nice compliment to hear. Well, I mean, so you, burlesque or not, I mean, try hula hooping um, even as a hobby. It's not yeah. easy to do. This is athletic no. performance, really, yeah. some, most of it. Yeah. Alex, did you have something? It sounded like you were going to chime in here a second. Yeah, so you mentioned that there is a lot of music in the show. Is it a lot of original music that's written for the show, or is it music that is well-known? Um, do the burlesque dancers choose their own tracks? Good question. Well, our band is Tailspin. It's been, they've been our house band for three years. And um, they do covers and originals, or they'll do uh, arrangements of, of songs, uh, from, you know, like sometimes we'll, we'll take a modern day song and, and arrange it to sound uh, like a 20 song. Um, but, uh, yeah, the dancers will pick the pick songs from a huge re repertoire that the band has. Oh, nice. And then do they choreograph themselves or do you have someone that like choreographs for them? Yeah, everybody's pretty much got to bring their own act. Oh, yeah. that's very yeah, and they, they, appreci like they appreciate show that up too. and we'll play the music. We'll provide the stage. You do you do your act. So with with yeah. this show, because you said this is what the ninth year that you guys have been doing it. Mm -hmm. Are you are there is there a casting call? Are there auditions? Do you pretty much have like a, a set group of 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 ladies that that say, hey, I'll come back next year if you'll have me, kind of thing? How does that work? How do people get involved? We certainly have used, uh, invited people back to, to perform again. V Valentine is, has been with us, I think, all of the shows. Am I Every the, show. Every show, yes. Uh, and she's yeah. such a delight to work with and so elegant on stage, and everybody loves her performances. She's also really happy to work with us because we generally try to pick a loose theme for each of the shows. Mm -hmm. And she's been one of the 
performers who has uh, really embraced that and fit well into each one of the the themes that we've we've run through the shows um but yeah. uh we we are always looking for new people because we want to keep the show fresh but uh yeah a mix of both we've, we've thought about auditions but we haven't had to do it very much mm-hmm. because um we usually we can just shop around and think about well, well we need this for the show let's try to find someone and um and you know sometimes it could be hit or miss but that actually adds to the fun you know um mm-hmm. you know i don't think we've ever had any terrible performers but no you know yeah and some it's have given... been better than others and and it but but it's it's the k-town burlesque you know it has this sort of raw element to it you know and there's there's and a lot of local involvement part. there are many sometimes performers that are from around of... here Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead, Alex. I would say the best part of live theater is some of those things that can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I imagine our, that, our audience enjoys that. Yeah. I, I imagine that for some of your less uh, experienced burlesque performers, maybe this is like a huge um, bucket list thing for them. Like they're, you know, because you talked about that this is yeah. kind of like a feminist thing. I would imagine that it's it's really liberating to to perform in this if mm-hmm. it's something that mm-hmm. you've never ever tried to do before. So. Um, yeah, actually, oh, yeah. Um, one of our major sponsors in the beginning, um, she isn't quite as involved as she has been, though she still supports the show, is uh, Sherry Ludwig from um, Bisou Lingerie. Sure. When she first opened in town, she was looking for a way to promote her business. Um, it's really, really good quality European style lingerie. And um, she wanted to get out the, the word that um, everyone can feel beautiful. And all it takes is a good fitting. She's always uh, uh, talking about the importance of making sure that you're wearing the right um, lingerie, sure. and that, that it fits you properly, that it's the right color scheme for you and so forth. And so she calls herself the fit expert. Um, and initially she came along with my idea to do a little review of local women, uh, customers of hers that were willing to put on her products and walk the review. We call it the K-Town Review. It's basically a runway to live music. Sure. And um, women you would know about town came out uh, showing their beautiful side and uh, feeling confident. And I think the especially the ladies in the audience really responded to that because not everyone is a supermodel, and yet we're all beautiful. Right. So that doesn't exist in the in the burlesque show anymore. The K Town Review remains. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we, not yeah. n- not exclusively her um, her lingerie line anymore. I see. Well, and and, and that's th- literally because she's so successful now. She doesn't really have time for that sure. anymore. But I mean, anyone on this on this in this conversation can say it's it can be daunting enough just going on stage in a regular show in you know in in slacks and a shirt mm-hmm. you're talking about women just going out there and putting it all out there um and sort of bearing their souls and mm-hmm. and and their vulner their vulnerability and it's not easy to be on stage under normal conditions but to to sort of flaunt it that way and mm-hmm. and and be in front of a, a packed house i i give you all the credit in the world that takes a lot of sand exactly and, and you know i i can't tell you the number of times that we've actually heard and not just from women who have walked the runway, um, guys too, who, um, just came away from the show. So thrilled with what they were able to do, you know, that they got out there, that they were scantily clad, that the audience responded to them extremely positively. And, um, I've Scott and I both have had many people come and just say, wow, you know, that show actually changed my life. Uh, I know it sounds silly, but it's true. Mm-hmm. This is, people tell us the show changed their lives by being involved in it, and just the uh, the freedom and the fun uh, just made a real impression on them. So both of you are obviously heavily involved um, from top to bottom with the show. I want to talk a little bit about the Tailspin Band because I know um, you know obviously you could just do tracks. You know you could obviously just throw in a a CD or or have. Um, digital tracks for 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 someone to play and and the performers to to dance or perform to but um it sort of takes some of the some of the the spark out of the show to have that sort of be the center of the entertainment can you tell us about 
the tailspin band how big is it um how many you know the names of the people involved and also do you guys dress in a way that um uh is in line with the show dress dress or do they dress yeah does the tailspin um, band do the tailspin band members dress in a way that is in line with the show or are they you know are, oh, is, are you just wearing like you know a shirt and shorts no no um actually uh, so we have been totally committed to live music pretty much since the, the our first show we used canned music for the dancers but we also had a band for some other things after that we said no more canned music all live music all the way and so that's what we've done ever since we used to have to cobble together a band and scott was our drummer for many years and we would just cobble together a band for every show and sometimes we were cutting it close but keith was involved keith is the leader of tailspin and he was the trumpet player many years for us and finally he was just like i got a band <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, yeah so, and ever and since that, it's so, been yeah. it's been such a top quality uh, experience musically um and the band is on the stage the whole time sure um as the yeah. drummer for many years I, I gotta tell you that's a unique perspective because everything that happens on stage is is right in front of you, and you get to see the backside of everything that's happening. Or sometimes the dancer has a little secret to tell the audience, but that's because they're turning away from the audience, and I'm sitting right there. So it's kind of it's a very unique perspective. Yeah. And uh, there's yeah, video. Yeah, Keith's got to keep his corn players in line. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Scott. <laughs> We, when we look back at the videos, there's always these looks on some of the younger players' faces, especially. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Um, so how yeah. many people are in the, the, the tailspin combo? So we, we have a horn section, generally three players. Uh, that's what we shoot for. It's usually a trombone, trumpet, and saxophone. Mm -hmm. um, it's varied a little bit based on availability over the years, but that's what we prefer. Uh, there's a fabulous bass player, um, Ben Holt. You'll know him from many other groups that, that he plays in around town. Um, Steve Alice. Steve Alice is our guitar player, and he'll sing a song on occasion, too. He's got a lovely voice. Um, we have uh, uh, Ramon Malone on the drum kit. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Good, good chops. Uh, Sugar Bear. Uh, what's Sugar Bear's last name? Uh, Is Thomas? Thomas. Sugar Bear Thomas. Uh, he's well-known around Kenosha and Racine as well. Um, plays with many, many different groups on the keys, yep. And then, uh, who am I missing? Erin um, Riccio. Well, yeah. She's a fantastic vocalist with a huge voice, and she loves moving about the stage um, for her for her solo performances. And, um, and then, of course, um, uh, Keith Brown the leader on trumpet Keith Brown, the leader of the band mm -hmm. and he's our music so he's he he's a position of our music as our musical director because we have kind of a small group of six that, are, that start meeting in the early days and that's his position and actually which I uh, believe he enjoys quite a bit <laughs> that leads to a question i had um kind of going back i was going to ask kind of what is the planning process for putting together like the burlesque show. I know you mentioned that you try to have a theme each year. So what goes into like putting together this show each year and making it a little bit different for the audiences that maybe have seen it before? It's a great question. Yeah. Eric, you, would you agree? It pretty much starts with the, um, which with the sketch comedy script. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a meeting uh, where we talk about what our possibilities for theme are. We kind of look at the books from last year. We talk about who we might want to invite back, who we might want to uh, try and court to be in the show. Uh, just get some general things going and get some ideas for theme, and then I'll start putting the script together. And I'll... Uh, you know, we'll just kind of we'll keep meeting about once a month, and then as we get closer to the show, we we meet more often, uh, and just make sure everybody's taking care of their end of the thing, and then we start rehearsing the script, and you know, we're we're all we're all always trying to rope in talent. Uh, all of us are a lot of times yeah. trying to get advertising. 
Um, but we have all specific jobs. Yeah. Okay. What are some of your, what are some of the themes you've done in the past and what have been some of your favorite themes that you've done? Our first shows were, uh, well, one, two, the, oh, the, well, then we did, a, we went through all the seasons. So we had tricks and treats and winter fantasy. We had, uh, um, summertime love and, uh, spring fling. Um, those were all our earlier shows and, uh, those were a lot of fun. we what have we done since then, uh, Scott? Lost in Time? Lost in Seventh Time, heaven. was number eight, yeah, Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Uh, and then this one's Naughty, number nine. The Heaven Show was a lot of fun. It all took place kind of in heaven. Yeah, that was, it was great. like the angels were rocking out. So this isn't something <laughs> that is just piecemeal together over a couple of weeks leading up to the show. This go, There's a lot that goes into producing yeah. this. The this. first one we did in about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then after yeah. that one finished, we're like, we got to start a lot sure. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one in we particular. almost a year. Yeah, this yeah. one we started just about a year ahead of time. We were meeting by mid-February. Uh, to already kind of begin planning this one mostly because we wanted to nail down our talent for two weekends you know Um, it's easy to get people to come for one weekend but to ask them to commit to two we wanted to catch them real early and so that was the main reason we started in a year early for this one so you talked about before um this is the first time in the burlesque show's history that you've extended to two weekends to yes. give that a shot. Was that based yeah. on just the the uh, the success of years prior, or was there a lot of demand from the audience, or maybe from from the from the roadie about, hey, can we can we do some more shows? Uh, roadie was certainly the, the board was certainly okay with it because it is kind of a downtime. We we have somewhat settled into this January, late January date, um, just because there's not a lot going on on stage. Mm -hmm. Once the Christmas show is done, it goes all the way to usually around uh, Valentine's Day before the next one comes out. So it's always a convenient time to have something else rolling. Um, But... (sighs) One thing I felt, and I'm sure Scott can can agree uh when we finish a show everybody's sad yeah you know we want to do it again really badly you know like by this by this the late saturday show everybody's figured everything out and and we're all like hitting it on all sixes as we say in in the script sometimes yeah um and uh and it's really kind of a drag to say well that's it and pack it up and not be able to do it at least a couple more times. And so, I mean, that's one main re- That is a big reason why I wanted to do it, just to keep going a little bit longer. I mean, I've been involved in shows before where you rehearse for two or three months, and then you do one weekend, and yeah. you're like, man, I wish... I wish we had another weekend or two. So, you know, cause yeah, it just, cause, yeah. you work so hard to get there. And then by the final show, you're like, yeah. we figured it out. We're, we're, we're humming along and, and everyone is, yes. is, is just on top of their game. And then all of a sudden the set's being broken down yeah. and people are saying their goodbye. Yeah. So no, the, the, the post show depression, as I call it, is a real thing. I, I, I feel very that. real. And yeah. you know, a lot of the other shows we do here, we, at Rody, we rarely do just one weekend shows. It's, right, it's usually right. usually three. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, in the spirit of now, sort of this being the ninth uh, year, because um, I imagine when you first started doing the show, you talked about the um, the sponsorship that you had from um, the. I'm the, sorry, I forgot the Bizu, yeah. Yes, the lingerie. What kind of sponsorships have you gained over the years, and who are your sponsors this year for the show? Our main sponsor, the biggest we've ever had right now, is About Time Moving Systems. Um, I know that either either the owner or people he knows have come to the show for many years, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't a hard sell, um, but he, he gave us uh, quite a nice sum, and uh, really, really appreciate that because... One of the things that's always a little frightening is getting started with no money. Sure. And then having to rely on our own personal money to get everybody paid that 
you know, first weekend before the ticket sales come in and get deposited and all that. So that upfront money helps us really get started and, and not, and not panic quite so much about it. And so for, for any about time, uh, moving systems to contribute that much, um, that was a huge boost for us. Are they local? Yeah. Yeah. You'll see their trucks around town. Um, I haven't seen his whole fleet, like in the parking lot or anything, but uh, he's got many, many trucks, and he'll move anything, uh, f- commercial, residential, uh, big equipment. Uh, I, he can warehouse things f- for time periods. Or he's, he's, I've met him before where I work at, at Copy Center. Uh, he comes in and does printing with us on occasion. He's a super nice guy. And, uh, he's got and in the storyline, they're storing the time machine, too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> The time machine. The time machine is stored there. Um, (laughs) Along Mike Bjorn's has also been a a big sponsor of ours. uh, Bjorn's Bjorn's clothing, uh, and they provide in exchange for an ad every year. They've provided uh, a free uh, vest rental to to all the band members and everything. Because actually, you were asking before about Mm -hmm. their dress. We don't. We really don't allow like shorts and a t-shirt. Um, it's a uh, it pretty much you got to dress semi-formal, formal, um, unless you have a costume or something that's part of your act. Yeah. So the band members are all got to go over to Bjorn's and pick out a nice colored vest to wear, and Bjorn's has given us that every year. Every year. Well, shout for, out to for, to Mike Bjorn's because uh, uh, Mike Bjorn passed away. What was it? A couple years ago. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, what a sad loss that was because Bjorn's is one of the main heartbeats of the downtown mm-hmm. Kenosha area, and I know that his son Brett mm-hmm. is now uh, running the show over there, and he has continued the legacy of his father and and has been a big supporter yeah. of of lots of local things. So mm-hmm. it's great that they're involved. Um, if if any other business or entity out there listening wanted to sponsor the show, how would they? become involved with sponsoring the show moving forward well um Mm. i've always just gone door to door uh, myself in in acquiring um sponsorships i develop relationships with uh, bar owners I, i just feel like for the restaurants and bars in town it's uh it's a no brainer to get them get some um ad copy into our program because um, a lot of times people are coming from out of town. They need a place to eat before the show, and they need a place to keep drinking after the show, talk about it. Um, all the fun they had at the show, just continue to have that fun at another location. So we've had uh, Fex Place around the corner, um, uh, Ono, which is right next sure. door. A lot of people like to go for sushi ahead of time. Um, right now, uh, one of my bigger catches is uh, tavern on sixth and church and market wow both owned by the same nice. same group um they they helped me get a centerfold in my program that's full color nice um cool and uh many other smaller businesses uh, in the garden of eden um so since bizu has kind of dropped out in the garden of eden is another lingerie shop in town um and she's got a lot of um a lot of products that aren't just for wearing, if you get my drift. Sure. That's kind of her, her little quiet If somebody specialty. wanted to wanted to reach out to us to, to get an ad, uh, I guess the, probably the best way would be to contact us through Facebook. Yeah. Um, the, the Pressed Ham Productions Facebook page. Um, a lot of people send me send us message messages through there inquiring about when the next show is going to be or if they could dance in the show here's a video those kinds of things but um yeah i mean we respond to it because we're we're a small group mm-hmm. so if somebody wanted to, to out of the blue get an ad for, uh, yeah. in our program yeah press, press ham productions uh and certainly for anyone out there um since this this podcast is brand new and also we now officially have an email if you have any questions we can certainly forward them to scott and eric um, the email for the Roadie Roundtable podcast is roadyroundtable mm-hmm. at roadiecenter.org. And we would be happy to uh, put you in touch with Scott and Eric or 
one or both if you have any questions about uh, the K-Town Burlesque or how to get involved as a performer if you want to be involved or as a sponsor or anything like that. So I'm sure they'd love to have a conversation with you, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and even uh, and even the roadie is always looking for um, help with concessions and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of times we can... Uh, take people on just they don't wouldn't have to perform they could they could usher or or help out in the house or something like that yeah and Um, honestly we could use some professional people to uh tradesmen um to volunteer some of their time this is a huge building and it's always got something that needs fixing so that's another great way to without putting up any money to to volunteer and be a sponsor in that regard in in just uh, your talents and skills yeah, I mean, aside Definitely. from the yeah, aside from the fact that you know we're talking about the K Town Burlesque, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, um, anyone who ever wonders how do I, how can I help out a theater? I, I don't know how to act, and I don't sing, and I don't do this, and I don't do that. Just anything that you are able to contribute in terms of like what Scott was just saying, which is, hey, do you know how to do HVAC? Do you know how to? Uh, how to do flooring? Do you know how to build things? Do you know how to, you know, paint? Like those are things that we feasibly are always looking for. We will say no to nobody. Yeah, it's pretty much true. Yeah. Um, right you- now, our biggest concern is we need a roof. We need a roof like crazy, and um, we are trying to raise money for that. It's going to cost a uh, quite a bit, and um, yeah, building trades, anything. Well, we're, we're certainly going to be talking a lot about that with um, with the president of the roadie in one of our uh, subsequent episodes. But um, in terms of the uh, K-Town Burlesque, tell us about, maybe give us a loose uh, high overview, high level overview of a show. What can people expect when they, you know, walk through the doors of, of the show? Our show is uh, is a party, and um, it's outrageous and fun. Um, it's extremely lively atmosphere, um, and what they should expect is music and comedy for probably a solid two hours, um, and just interesting act after interesting act all the way through. Um, good drinks. Uh, you know, just just a lively atmosphere. You know, that's I think what keeps bringing people back mm-hmm. is that um, it's really just a, a very different than a lot. You know, a lot of the plays that go up in the roadie or a lot of the bands just playing sets around town. Uh, it's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, and uh, yeah. The, and the, today, this year, this year's show is is just outrageous <laughs> and hilarious and campy. And I just can't wait for people to see what we have in store for them. I know it's about twelve feet tall at this point. (laughs) (laughs) That's confidential. Yeah, Yeah, we don't want to give too much away. Uh, (laughs) So, you guys, the a performance lasts a couple hours. Um, Yeah, we try to keep it to ninety minutes, but that rarely happens. Um, Yeah, it's ninety minutes and thirty minutes of people laughing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, before, but that's not. It's spread out though, so <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. Yeah. It's not. Not it's, all. But it's not all at once. <laughs> Thirty minutes of laughing at the very beginning, and then silence for no. the other. That's <laughs> <laughs> how we warm them up. That's how we warm up the crowd. Uh, that was my. That was my last relationship. Timer. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so one of the things I've heard uh, is is about. I've heard rumors about the late shows because I know you guys do a, a seven uh, seven o'clock curtain and then you do a ten o'clock curtain. Can you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. the the late shows on Saturdays? Well, it's, the late. Sh- oh, go ahead, go ahead, Scott. Well, I'll t- turn it back to you here in a second. But uh, the late show is at once our best performance, but it also is our loosest because we've had the Friday at eight to kind of whip the show together um usually it goes really well but it takes that next show to kind of iron it all out (laughs) and then yeah it's kind of like a dress rehearsal with 200 people in the (laughs) 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 but uh but it's still good anyway 
<laughs> yeah, but that uh, that 10 p.m. show, we are loose and happy to be doing it and excited for everyone that did brave the, the lateness and the, and the rowdiness of the crowd because <laughs> that 10 p.m. show does get a little extra crazy from the audience. Um, yeah, people have been pre-gaming for a little bit by yeah, that point. So it tends to be when we talk about laughter and and just out loud um comments and so forth it, it is the most fun show even though historically it's not it's not as well attended as the 7 p.m that's the one we usually come really close to selling out um on that note uh, don't be worried you can make the decision at the very last minute and show up at the door and we will have a seat for you it's not it's not like we would have to turn you away uh, the general seating yeah. is one that uh, there's always available seats. So um, make that decision at the last the moment. The tables want. are selling out. Yeah, but there's not a lot of tables left, and those are are right up at the at the stage, and they, and then you also have bottle service through the night. And mm. a lot of people tend to like that. They're a little little pricier. Um, you buy it by the table, so you're buying four tickets at once. But those are selling pretty quick. I think yeah. there's some stuff left for the ten o'clock shows, but. But the general admission, yeah. The, the, but yeah, the crowd, yeah, the crowd for the ten o'clock show. They've been wetting their whistles, and uh, and then we've we're all warmed up and ready to go. And and yeah, like Scott said, it, it can be a, it's not as well attended a lot of times, but it's can be a better show. Yeah, we agree. Um, and it, and it's we don't have the pressure of time as much as the first show because oh, right. we don't have to wrap yeah. it up on time to 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 get everyone out and then to turn and burn. In. Yeah, sure. turn and burn. Um, so we got is, one hour to reset everything and start again. <laughs> is audience participation encouraged? Absolutely. Okay. So you shouldn't you shouldn't come to a show and expect to just sit there with your your hands on your lap and just be very very quiet. You're going to be entertained from the moment you get there to from to the moment you leave. Yeah. Typical with yeah. burlesque performances, especially is and and the the ladies that are perform well, the gentlemen too. They're, it's it's about the tease. It's about do you want me to, and so the audience needs to encourage the performer to continue, um, and that's that's a that's a really interesting aspect of burlesque performances. And and so in that spirit, because and pardon me if this sounds crude, but this is a performance, obviously, or this is a type of show where you, it's not your typical theater fair. You're turning up the voltage a little bit because it's a little more risque, a little mm -hmm. more adult. So yes. uh, along those lines, is there a minimum age for someone to be able to attend any of these performances? Yeah, uh, yeah 18 years and up. Uh, I... I I wouldn't say 21 and up uh, because they, they serve alcohol at, at shows at the roadie generally if you wanted to go to the concession stand and buy a beer. So I, I don't think that they're – but, uh, but yeah, 18 and up. It's, in, it's intended for that, yes. Um, yeah. We've never really had any issue with people – with young people trying to show up at the show. It's pretty, it's pretty marketed to grown-ups and uh, – but, um, yeah. Well, I, I just want to be clear because – you know, obviously, and Scott, I mean, and you two, uh, Eric, and even Alex, we've been doing this long enough to know that no matter how you market a show, even if you're very, yeah. very clear about what the you know specifications are, if there's a, if there are age requirements, someone's going to glaze over that completely and say, "Well, I didn't know that this was for adults, or I didn't know that this was intended for this or that." So we just want the listeners to know that. You know, very deliberately, this is not intended to bring your, you know, your your toddlers or your, you know, your ten year old kids right. to. This is a very adult show, and it's meant for adult entertainment. And it's there's it's, a lot of um, there's a lot of um, uh, proverbial cat and mouse here. You know, between yeah. between audience yeah. and, and performers. It's not. I mean, it's not raunchy in any way. It's not right. It's not offensive. We don't. There's not a lot of f bombs and stuff like that. Uh, it's 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 actually you know pretty classy even though the humor is kind of lowbrow sometimes it's, but it's not raunchy it's, sure uh, but it's less buttoned it's more, up right it's, it's more tantalizing than right. it is like yeah you know yeah right well, you know there's eight there's eighteen acts in the show wow and four of them are dancers yeah and uh, yeah so 
that's that's actually you know just kind of spread out throughout the the show. Yeah, and and the rest of it is com- the rest of it is comedy, music, and magic. Magic is yeah. hard. Magic is hard. <laughs> it really is. Especially, I mean, it's one thing to do magic in front of a standard crowd, but you're trying to do magic at a burlesque show yeah. when there's lots of other distractions yeah. going on. So I don't know who your magician is, but I almost want to shake their hand like, hey, you're you're much braver than me because that's, that's a tough crowd to do magic in front of. <laughs> yeah. Our, our magician this year is Glenn Gerard from Milwaukee. Hmm. And this is his, uh, uh, his first time on our stage. But uh, yeah, he's a seasoned seasoned performer, and we're really looking forward to what he's going to be bringing in store. In the past, we've had David Seabock, also from Milwaukee, and uh, Dave Stritter, also. So we've had quite a few different magicians. What's so, the other guy, Nikki, the guy who ate the razor blades? Yeah. yeah. So we've had four different music- magicians. <laughs> that, that was casually, you know, the guy who ate the razor blades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we had a guy once he shoved up our first show. Yeah. Um, he called it a magic act, but he literally shoved a skewer through his arm. What? Uh, and through his cheek. Oh. And then people, oh yeah, oh yeah, and through his, oh that's right. I was at another show where he did it through his arm. He oh, did yeah. it through his face at our show, that's right. Yeah. In one cheek and In out the other. In one cheek, out the other. No big deal, he just put, and you know, he like, his cheeks. They're like, how'd you do that? That, was, that looked so good. He had blood dripping down his cheeks. Yeah, I mean, it's not magic at that point. It's I did just it. literally <laughs> yeah. shoved a, a skewer through his cheeks. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell the listeners out there, when are the shows? How can they get tickets? Um, what information they might need in terms of um, particulars about uh, coming to see the show? Go to ktomberlesk.com. That's the easiest way, yeah. It's an Eventbrite yeah. uh, ticket service. Uh, so once you get there, just you know, look around a little. Make sure you're uh, looking at the date that you really want. Um, it's uh, the uh, 19th and 20th, and then the 26th and 27th. Yep. On the Friday nights, we have show uh, one show at 8 o'clock p.m., and, uh, and then on Saturday, we have a 7 o'clock and a 10 p.m. show. And that's both, both weekends. weekends. Okay. Both weekends, yeah. Six shows total, six different opportunities. Come to one, come to all. Yeah, feel free and to how, return. How much are the tickets generally? They start at 20. Tables are 150 for a table of four, right up front. And that includes the bottle service, correct? Yeah, a cocktail correct. waitress will come around. Sure. You can buy a full bottle of wine if you like, or just buy the glass. So the concession bottle stand champagne. has, has or lots full, of bottles uh, of champagne and lots of bottles of wine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you guys the, make the roadie concession team? has a full bar and uh, beers and sodas and. Do you guys make a specialty drink menu for your themed shows? Um, the um, the president and um, her husband have decided that. They're gonna make shots of libido and actually serve it yeah. in a oh, syringe. Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, libido is the the part of the the story in our show for many years is a mad scientist who steals people's libidos with a ray gun <laughs> and injects people back with libidos. He's not doing things with people's libidos all the time, so it's sort of a joke to do with the show, you know, and the and the plot of the show. So people yeah, can get us. Get the, uh, a syringe, a syringe full of libido. That's what they—they <laughs> they bought like a hundred syringes or two hundred some syringes. And I believe you get libido. to keep the syringe, so and in case there's any leftover the libido in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So again, the K Town Burlesque, uh, its ninth year here at the uh, Rody Center for the Arts. Uh, this weekend, uh, Friday the nineteenth at eight o'clock. Uh, Saturday the 20th, there's two shows. There's a 7 o'clock and a 10 p.m. show. And then next weekend, uh, quite similarly, very same times, Friday, 8 p.m., Saturday, 7 o'clock and 10 p.m. Um, tickets are available at ktownburlesque.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you can also go to roadiecenter.org, and there's a link there that people can um, uh, click on, and it'll take them to the Eventbrite uh, site in order to purchase tickets. And tickets can be purchased at the door as well. Sure. And uh, we love cash. If you could remember to bring cash, that's fun and easy. Bring all your cash. Um, 
twenty dollars mm-hmm. for general seating and then um, a table with mm-hmm. which includes a, a cocktail waitress one hundred and fifty. You said, mm-hmm. but that's for you're, you're essentially buying all four seats. Yeah, and then there's a premium seating, which just amounts to the first four rows of seating, which gives you the best view. Um, not not that there's a bad seat in the house, but uh, when you're a little bit closer, it's that much more fun. So those first four rows will be twenty five a seat. Now, um, obviously. There's a lot of performers, there's band members, there's um, waiters and waitresses and that kind of thing. I'm assuming that tipping is encouraged? Oh, sure. Okay. Even for the not, performers. Not on the stage. No, not throwing money but, on the um, stage. But there will be right. some of the performers will be prepared with uh, Venmo uh, handles and whatever else services that they use. Uh, you, can, yeah. you can pass that along to the performers that way. Oh, that's cool. And then, of course, of course, tip the wait the wait the waitresses and the and the bar and staff, because they're yeah. all volunteers. Uh, the Rody Center right. for the Arts operates entirely on volunteer. The Rody hand for this show, um, we've always done it where the Rody handles concessions, and they just make a, you know a, a lot of money from that, um, and so they'll get volunteers to come in and handle that, and then our and then on our end. Um, well, we do pay all our, of our performers and all of our stagehands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where our money's going. But uh, yeah, it's... yeah. But it, but it's a it's a good mutually. Uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? Symbiotic. Mutual beneficial, mutually beneficial relationship that we have here. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, you're going on a decade-long partnership, so I would I would assume that it's very mutually beneficial. Um, it's it's come yeah. to be that, yeah. Um, and like Eric mentioned before, there there was a little tension in the in the beginning, in the early days, in the early um, days. But but now that they've they understand what we're trying to do, and uh, and it's art. Yeah, it is. It it's truly art. is. And also, it is. I would imagine, you know, since we talked about this before, and and you guys sort of. Uh, go back to the drawing board um, almost a year in advance of a show, I would imagine that there are some big things that are probably cooking for the 10-year celebration. I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. For... <laughs> we certainly have already oh, yeah. started talking about it, but we've we're, already we're a little busy, little busy yeah. to be making any plans <laughs> at this point. So, um, Alex, did you have anything else that you wanted to ask uh, either Scott or uh, Eric before we wrap it up here? Um, not that I can think of offhand. Well, um, a big thanks to uh, Scott Holloway and Eric uh, Houghton, who are um, the brains behind the operations of the K-Town Burlesque, which is now in its ninth year uh, here at the Roadie Center for the Arts. Uh, Two weekends of the performances this weekend, 8 o'clock on Friday, 7 and 10 o'clock on Saturday, and then also next weekend, 8 o'clock on Friday, 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Saturday. Tickets are available at ktownburlesque.com. You can also go to roadiecenter.org and click on the link to take you to the uh, K-Town Burlesque site, which uh, will sell you the tickets. General admission, 20 bucks. 150 bucks will get you a um, stage-side table seat, which includes a cocktail waitress. And then also um, concessions, full bar available, uh, concessions available. And um, if you want to just come and... Um, and show up you're not going to be turned away they'll find a spot for you to sit or enjoy the show but um obviously uh getting your tickets ahead of time guarantees that you're going to have a seat or the the table or whatever the case may be but um we are really really thankful to scott and eric for joining us today this has been a great chat and we really appreciate it and i know that there's a lot of buzz around um the the burlesque every year and so it's 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 nice to sort of be able to get uh, a small peek behind mm-hmm. the curtain uh, to see <laughs> how everything goes on. But um, just a, another uh, heads up that, again, this is a uh, adult-themed show, so um, uh, 18 years of age and up in order to attend. Um, so please don't show up with your toddlers and, and 10-year-olds and be aghast that they're not letting you in because it's not a show for them. Uh if you want to send the the kids home with the babysitter and then you stay and watch the show, that's okay, but the kids can't come in. Um, uh, Again, thanks to Scott and Eric for joining us both uh, today, and um, this has been a great uh, first episode of the uh, Roadie Roundtable podcast. 
And again, uh, hey, Tom Burlesque, this weekend and next weekend, super excited to have you guys here and uh, check them out. It's going to be a great show. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thanks. And to Thank our listeners out there, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.